listening to the Rare Bird Podcast, and I'm Jacqueline Suskin, author of The Edge of the Continent. And I am Michelle Blair Wilker, author of the story collection Chain Linked. I'm so excited to talk to you about your book. I read it on the porch this last week and just really, really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited to talk to you because your poetry is beautiful. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was, I love doing these interviews because it gets me to read books that I might not normally have, you know, had on my radar. And then thinking about your work reminded me about how much I love the short story format. And when I was younger, I used to, you know, be obsessed with Raymond Carver and just read, you know, every short story I could get my hands on. So I should probably circle back and your book was like a great starting place for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you. You just, yeah, you have so many voices in your book, and I love how it just moves, you know, from perspectives and all different types of characters, and there's just this really well-rounded sense of kind of a worldliness and an inclusiveness that I just really, really enjoyed. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. Yeah, I mean, I like short stories because you can do varied perspectives, but, you know, you can you can kind of do the same in poetry, you know what I mean? And, like, and it can be short and it can be long. I just loved, loved your poem about the Dodge Ram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For something, that one, like, really spoke to me. I just thought, like, oh, this beautiful broken down car, you know, and sometimes we just love something that's so ordinary. But, like, poetry just makes it sound just so much more special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I felt like, I mean... And I can think of two stories right now in your book that really felt similar to me in that sense of like kind of taking this maybe ordinary person or moment and adding this uh, like poetic lens to it in a, in a really unique way, like thinking about the art teacher and his retirement and mm-hmm. just that. Oh, I love that story. It's oh. so beautiful. But just the concept of kind of being at this place in your life where it, when something's about to change. And I felt like that was a, a very through link in a lot of your stories uh and even in the first story in the book you know the the protagonist is experiencing this great change in her life and we get to kind of witness this moment that it happens and it's funny and it's also that that to me is like a poetic hit of being like here is this kind of blanket expression over the 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 larger conversation of the book Um, and I wondered if you could talk more about your just a through line that you, there's probably more than one, but that you feel like you would want to say something about. Well, the book is supposed to examine connection kind of on every level, sort of how we try to connect, how we can't connect, and how we always strive to connect in our human relationships, whether that's with somebody you're trying to to date or your grandparents or a teacher or your mom, or your dad, or or even your country, and last glimpse of Fred, you know, that's about Mm -hmm. his connection to his country. So that's kind of um, how I, I, to be honest with you, the stories were all written differently, and I didn't have a theme (laughs) until until I wanted to put it into a collection. And when I had worked with an editor, I was like, slice of life? And she's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I kind of had to come up with a theme. But when I really thought about it, it, I was like, oh, it is people try, like, aren't we all always trying to connect and be accepted and loved? And that's kind of, I think, what, what the book is about. Yeah, and I love that. To me, that's just like such a poetic concept to kind of weave into all of these different people's lives. And I couldn't help but thinking, you know, with my work with 
poem store, this project that I do where I write poems on demand for people, I get to kind of go all around the world and yeah. experience the different subject matter that people choose. And everybody chooses the same thing, no they matter do. the demographic, no matter the background. <laughs> what do they background, choose? You know, they it's choose? always a striving for connection, for yeah. love, for, you know, a connection to their own path and purpose, like some kind of clarity on like what they're doing in the world. And, and as I was reading your stories, I was like, oh, these are just you know, these are the people who would get poems from me. And this is exactly what they're going through. It's just so real. Like, this is really what life is like. It's this struggle for us to kind of find each other in the mixture of our own, you know, process of who are we, what's our identity, but also then like, you know, who is willing to be vulnerable with us. And it's always me. I'm always the person who's willing to be vulnerable with them. Right. And so I get to see this, like, kind of the thing that you created by exposing these people's you know, conscious and their, their ideas. And I, I, I love that. I love that. I was going to ask you about poem store and, you know, like that's crazy to me that you can <laughs> just sit there and do a poem on demand. Like when people ask me to write something like fast, I'm like, uh, I like freeze up and I just get so stressed out. And that's like so much pressure. Somebody says, Oh, write this. And then you just do it. And yeah. I just like, how do you do that? Like, on yeah. demand, and you Practice. don't know the subject, and you don't know the subject. <laughs> no, I do know the subject. Oh, they tell do. me, yeah, they tell me the subject. They request right. the subject, yeah. But so they do it right like, in front of you, though. They do it right in front of you. You don't have it in advance, right? Oh, they, no, they watch me write the poem. I'm right. Gonna t- it takes me like two minutes to create one. Um, yeah, that is my special weird brain talent that I can write things that make sense and are beautiful really quickly. But it's kind of it's interesting because I, I often think about the talent of a writer and like the different talents that each writer has because writers and I mean especially like the differentiation between poetry and short story is it's significant but it's also like the way you approach you know creating your framework for your book and how you're just talking like it just kind of you had to figure it out afterwards these are stories that I imagine just like came out of you and I wondered if they were from real experience or not but before you talk on that I'm like oh I just have this sense of this you know talent there which is for you to kind of see the arc of a story and weave in these details and for me any kind of details that make a story significant that's the poetry of it you know the poetry of it is the details so that's my favorite part actually yeah yeah so you're a poet (laughs) yeah I love word certain words and and I agonize over what a word is and I, uh, it takes me, I don't know how many drafts it is by the time I'm done with a short story, but I change words, I change paragraphs, I switch things around because I want it to read beautifully. And, and that is what I appreciate about poetry is it's just so beautiful, the words and, and the rhythm and all that kind of stuff. So I do, I do really look to that. Um, you know, poets, you guys really, really know how to do it. And it's hard, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it's just a to like synthesize some grand experience, you know, to like take the macro into the micro. I, that's, I love, I love doing that, but oh, I, yeah, I love yeah, it. And I, I, I feel that in your work too. So what, could you talk a little bit about like where these stories came from? Are they, you well, know, pure are, fiction or <laughs> some are pure fiction. Some are not, you know, some <laughs> are inspired by people that I met. Um, I did go to Cuba. So that, yeah. that story was inspired by a visit to Cuba. Um, 
the Western story is completely fiction. I was not a cowgirl during the Express. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Muted Splendor story, which is about the twins and one of the um, one of them is deaf. That was Mm -hmm. completely made up. That was kind of inspired by an exercise that I, I learned from a teacher where you just pull a random book and take a line in a middle page and that's kind of your first line I don't know I've done that I've done that game that's fun yeah yeah it helps you exercise yeah yeah, some stuff is is inspired but I as my writing has developed and as I've gotten more experience it's gotten more fictionalized as opposed to inspired but definitely like if people tell me silly things and stuff like my friend just went to Spain and he told me, no, he went to France. And he, I'm like, are you busy? And he's like, I took a meat slicer to Spain for the day. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I'm writing a story about that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, cool. so, love that. it's so weird. So what inspired, I mean, I know your book is inspired by California and your love of California and nature and all that. Oh, yeah. My book is 100% nonfiction. Like, I would say yeah. that if there's any fiction in there it's it's mostly just the way I worded something like in chronological order or something mm-hmm. but it's the the experiences are all my own and and that was really you know a nice thing for me to be able to start this series of these edge of the continent books because there will be three of them so oh, I'll have wow. I'll, yeah I'll have a different voice for the next two um the second one is about Los Angeles Oh, cool. And the third one is about Joshua Tree. So um, they're kind of this overview of these really different parts of California that I've spent a lot of time in. And so I just get to pull from all of my journals and my experience. But the fictional aspects are like a tool for me because there are little tiny moments where I'm like, this didn't happen, but that is like what I see in my head when I think of this. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that. I just love the like, you know, there is that aspect of my writing and I I was thinking about when I was reading your book the just the way that all writing kind of has always inspired me Mm -hmm. and so just I I feel like although I am a poet I am also just I am a writer you know like I I was reading your work I was like I I just want to write some short stories (laughs) this is so inspiring (laughs) you know and that's what I think good writing should do it shouldn't necessarily make the reader want to write but it should make the reader feel like some sort of concept of I relate to this and oh, for me yeah. I relate to the inspiration of of writing of the craft because in a short story you can really hone in on the actual craft I can see what you've done to make those stories work the way they do which is so interesting well I just love you know because I'm a lover of details just in general I just love all the details like the that one poem you had where you had the mosquitoes on the towel oh yeah like I could just See that and the Semulet poem and the compass, like there's so many of those details, like you know, are so specific that you could really see and feel where you were. You know, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, I love that. I really, I, I think maybe one of my favorite stories was the story about the art teacher and his retirement, just because I could see him so clearly, mm-hmm. and I know somebody who also was an art teacher for their whole career and and they retired a few years ago and just kind of connecting that experience and then all of these mental images of this man I had so much love for him and so much tenderness and I you know that just sort of the way that we get to evoke not only an image but also then we connect it to you know a real life feeling and I'm just amazed that that that's the magic of writing is like it's this you know full expansive experiential thing 
Absolutely. So I have to ask you, what's the weirdest poem someone asked you to write? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, throughout my nearly 10 years of doing Poem Store, this project has been my only job. So I've written probably like 30,000 poems or something crazy. Um, But the weirdest ones are like someone wants a poem about Chick-fil-A or someone (laughs) wants, you know, like, or or Chipotle. And you're like, what? Right? I'm like, you could really get a poem about anything. And then the genuine passion in their eyes about (laughs) Chipotle is it's so real that I can't, I can't deny them. I have to do it. And then I do. And they're just, oh, this is the perfect thing. This is exactly what I meant. Like, it's so, it's so sacred to me or whatever, you know, and I'm just really like, wow, you know, all of the sexual things I've heard, that doesn't, that doesn't even surprise me. People are, of course, going to be, you know, yeah, obsessed yeah. with that. But weird stuff like that. Like, Chick-fil-A. That's Chipotle, funny. Chick-fil-A. Give me a break. Well, I also read that you do some really cool like collaborations with fashion brands and stuff like that. So that must be really interesting. Or like, didn't you, I read something you have an installation with Nike? Oh yeah, yeah. I did a, a seventy-two poem project for Nike where there were seventy-two poems, and each one of them was typed like forty times. And there was a big board that people can come. I, I think it's still up because um, that's a lot of poems. But that's <laughs> amazing. Come and pull them off and. They got to choose uh, 72 topics because that's the year that, that Nike was founded. And then, yeah, just clothing brand stuff is so interesting because it's just like people wearing my poems. Um, and that's I love that. That's that's just such a fascinating concept. It's amazing because, you know, people always say to you, you know, like people always told me I would never publish a short story collection or, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. or, you know, they would, I'm sure people said that to you or whatever. Oh, and no one can believe I make a living as a poet. <laughs> people are like, I'm sorry, what? Like, that's your job? No way. Well, the funny thing I wanted to tell you is that my dad always said to me, like, it's a hobby and that's uh-huh. what you're going to do. And he's oh, like, yeah. the only thing like worse you could do would be a poet. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> but meanwhile, yeah. but meanwhile um, you're proving everybody wrong. And That's right. You're working with Nike, which is one of the <laughs> biggest companies in the entire world. So <laughs> debunk yeah. that myth. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. how, how often people's eyes bulge when I'm like, yeah, it's my only job. And it has been for almost 10 years. And that's that's yeah, yeah. That is, that is something to aspire to. And I am hoping one day to be a full-time short story writer. Well, you're on your way. I mean, you already have a book published. Is this your first book? This is my first book. Yep. Well, congratulations. It's a really good book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I'm curious about your background with writing then. Did you study writing or? No, I studied history in college. Um, But I've always kind of been a writer, sort of articles and essays and that kind of stuff. I kind of came to fiction a little late. But I have taken classes at like UCLA Extension, but I would say mostly I, I I probably taught myself, but I think you just always have a voice in you. Like if you're a writer, it's like, and I'm sure you would, you feel this way too. It's just in you. Like, yeah, can't help it. It just, yeah. Like somebody who said to me, you wouldn't give yourself homework like this, like voluntarily, you know, like it's a constant, you constantly have to do something. It's in you. You have to express it. So I just think I always felt like that, but I definitely, once I kind of found what it was, I decided to take classes and work on it because I didn't, it, it wasn't something I did when I was young, like fiction writing wasn't something right, I did right. when I was younger. 
but a short and people are always like write a novel write a novel but I, I don't know I really love short stories I really love that you can just examine something small you know like you can do so you can talk about so many different things and so many different stories and yeah and yes. say so much and so little instead of just like not that novels aren't amazing but I don't know. No, it's just a different kind of experience. And I also think that, like, for this moment in time, the attention span of the collective is uh, pretty small. So giving them something short to digest that has all of the punches in it. I mean, that's why I love poetry. I'm just, I've, I just read some National Endowment for the Arts report that, I think that's what it was, that was just talking about how high poetry sales are now like oh, they've yeah, skyrocketed huge. yeah and I'm like yeah that's because people first of all were way busier than we ever were which is unfortunate I, I hope that the future turns into a much more minimal and less busy thing but um <laughs> I'm like yeah that's not the case now people are really busy and they're also like ingesting insane amounts of information in like rapid fire so short stories and, and poetry are really like actually appropriate to keep the you know they fit into the zeitgeist really well and they keep kind of the written word alive because people talk a lot about you know the death of books and the death of language and I'm Mm -hmm. just like well not in my lifetime I'll do anything I can to keep that alive right so yeah no exactly and it's funny because when I did this literary I did this literary program in Portugal last summer and there were so many poets there Oh, and I yeah. and I was like, this is oh, so yeah. interesting. Such a like a resurgence of poetry. Like there was a. T- I thought everybody was going to be a fiction writer, but there was a lo- there was a big representation of poetry there. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's really having. I mean, and Portugal is like the home to the poets. So I, I was just in Portugal. Yes. I just Fernando I, Pessoa. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. There you go. You, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just the whole vibe of the place is like. It's very you know, literary. That, it's it's like, hello, can you come and write some poems here? Yeah. <laughs> that's this is what we're for. We yeah, it's here. a it's a very um, inspiring historical city. Very old, very beautiful. Yeah, well, I like yeah. that you, you know, clearly you are dedicated to the craft of it, and that's kind of you know, I teach workshops a lot, and the thing I always tell people is, I'm like, well, it's a craft, so you really have to hone it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know I have been on book tour and traveling and I haven't had like a steady writing practice and I'm just getting back into that now that I'm home and I can tell like my muscle is kind of weak you know and so it's that that like feeling of going after it and that desire to say yeah I'm gonna go to Portugal and study writing and I'm gonna you know take a course at this place and this place that that I feel like that that kind of signifies the the brightness of the spark you know some people can say I'm a writer but I'm I'm always you know, stressing, yeah, but if you don't do anything about it, then, you know, right. it, it will just kind of go quiet, so. It's always important, and you learn from other writers, too, you know, from oh, yeah. re- reading their work and working with them and being with them and stuff like that. That's definitely a thing to do when people, I did have somebody ask me the other day, oh, how can I get, you know, more legitimate? And I said, enter contests, take classes, do workshops, you know, that's yeah. the best way to do it. Yep. I'm always like, read books. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always just kind of, that's my first thing. Whenever I have a workshop that I teach, I'd always, I just can't say that enough. Just read as much as you can. And it's not, it's not built into our culture for us to have time to read. So it really takes some serious dedication. I mean, even for myself, you know, whenever I, I, I get off sync with reading and then I just feel kind of like I'm just 
not progressing in my own work because I need to have the voice of other writers kind of surging through me and that's a really helpful thing. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I try to read a short story before I start a short story at least. So oh, I, get I like that. Because I'm like, oh, what can I steal from this person? <laughs> yeah, well, nothing's new under the sun, right? I mean, right. we have our own, our own take on all of the age-old stories. The archetypes are set, and we can constantly build on them. And that's an important thing to celebrate, actually. You know, it's just that that's what humans do. We just, like, build and build and build on the same, like, feelings and concepts. And that's why that just circles back to... You know, every time I write poems for people, no matter where I am, they're always getting poems about love or family or transformation or like, which, what should they do with their future? And it's, it's a pretty fascinating thing. Oh my God. I mean, the things people must add, I mean, what to be a fly on the wall, right? Yeah. With you, well, you I'm can listening. be. I usually <laughs> do it in public. So yeah, anybody can listen. I know. I have to come and see you do it. Like the pressure, I would freeze up. I know that's funny. That's that, there'll be things that are the focus, but the pressure and the quickness of it is what people really like. They focus on that a lot. I, they also tend to focus on my weird way of typing because I developed this strange typing method where I use like my middle fingers only. It's really oh, that's weird. Funny. That's so funny. <laughs> but I didn't used to be like that. I used yeah. to know how to type with all my fingers, and then I just. I but people will just. That'll be the first thing they focus on. And I'll be like, can you just let me read the poem? Because that's actually way more impressive and interesting than the way I'm typing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it done. And probably, and how long does it take you? Like two minutes? Three yeah, minutes? yeah. And, uh -huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. So who's your favorite poet? Like who inspires you? Well, I'm, I would consider myself, as you can probably tell from my book, a total naturalist. So I love to read you know, Mary Oliver and Wendell Berry and the, the poets that talk about nature in such beautiful ways. Um, those, those are my two favorite poets. But, you know, I also, I love Anne Sexton and I love Elizabeth Bishop and I love Rilke and I have a pretty wide array of, you know, people who are rooted in, in the classic genre in certain ways and then more modern poets, you know, and I love like William Carlos Williams and, mm. I love Ann Carson and she's really wacky and I love her, you know, so I kind of, am just, I, I'm reading a, a book by Alice Notley right now called Certain Magical Acts. Oh, and cool. that book is incredible. I mean, I think this woman must have just had some sort of cosmic download because the book is just like this bizarre mixture of all of these voices that seem like they are speaking in, in sync, but from every voice possible in the whole world. It's really wild. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think I gravitate toward naturalist poetry, but I also gravitate towards anything that's like trying to just uplift the human spirit, which most poetry is doing that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you can see that in your poetry with the way that you describe things and, and just, you know, like it said, you're like a lover of the land, a steward of the state. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're like, you know, the representative of California. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you you could be for the tourism. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I, I really gravitated towards your, uh, your work that's about New York, because I just spent a lot of time in New York. Uh -huh. And d did you live there for a while? Or you just visited? Or no, from I mean, the East Coast? Or? I consider myself an East Coaster at mm -hmm. heart. Um, I went to school on the East Coast, but I have friends that live in Montauk. Yeah. So um, I've been to that bar. 
Yeah, I just was there and had just been surfing up there. So I was yeah. like, oh, this story is so, like, just gave me <laughs> such a, like, like a quick hit of, like, very recent nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I surfed too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah gotta, did, I got to be in the ocean. That's did like, you like, surf ditch planes? I have no idea where I was. Oh. <laughs> it's just, I had never surfed there before. And my partner surfs and he was living in New York for, like, 10 years. So oh, that's funny. took me up there and it was, it was great. And I love... I mean, I've, clearly I'm writing a whole book about all these places in California and place is just such a um, kind of a motivator for me to get into any kind of writing. Mm -hmm. I'm, if someone's connecting to, you know, place, then I'm just totally just enamored and it doesn't even matter if it's a place that I've been. Right. It's just like the idea of like, here, I'm well, going to show know, you this. Yeah. You want to know where you are. That's what I like about it. Like when I write, I'm like, where am I? What am I seeing? What, what do I hear? What do I smell? What do I, what do I feel? Like, that's how I try to write. I try to put myself in that character situation. Like, where am I? And that's kind of how I do it. I'm sure you do that too, you know, with your, well, it's you, but you know, like, what am I? Yeah. 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 But the first book that I wrote is called The Collected and it's um, a collection of found photographs and I write these narrative poems and so those are those are just sure I'm in those poems mm -hmm. greatly but they're made up you know they're me kind of leaning into these photos and giving these people like their character because a lot of the photos are found in the garbage so they're just people who were really discarded and forgotten and I I actually thought about that while reading your book because I was trying to relate to your process as a short story writer. And I was mm -hmm. like, those are just short stories. I mean, they're in a poetic form, but they're just little stories where I tried to embody this person in the photo. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. That kind of reminds me a little bit. Like, you ever see the movie Amelie where they discard the photos and then you, she oh, puts yeah. them in the book? <laughs> You better believe I was obsessed with that movie. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Obsessed, yeah. But that's what I think of when I think of discarded photos, the guy that kept the album and put them back together. But who who was that guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just think, you know, getting to use the vessel of an actual unknown person to explore your own feelings about anything is, is really an awesome thing about fictional writing because you are exploring yourself. You know, my like closest friends can be like, Oh, I see in every single one of these poems in your first book that you're in there, you know? And I, I'm like, yeah, you see that. But most people who read it just think of it as this person who's in the photo. So oh, yeah. I loved, I loved doing that with your work and being like, Hmm, I wonder what, what of this is actually you? Oh yeah. My friends have done that. They're like, that's you. That's it's your brother. This is your teacher. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fiction. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, who are some of your favorite short story writers? I love George Saunders. Oh yeah. Um, I love T.C. Boyle. I love mm -hmm. Flannery O'Connor. Oh gosh. Um, I kind of love like I like quir a little more quirky, you know, tradition other than traditional. I loved Sam Shepard was a fantastic short story writer. He has mm -hmm. a couple really great short stories in the New Yorker. I just like people when they're like a little more offbeat. I like Karen Bender. She's a great writer. So, but I would say George Saunders is probably my favorite. Yeah, I love hearing people's favorite writers because it really says a lot about you you know it really like shapes like this is the thing that moves me most and clearly you're looking with this lens at like it's just people and humanity and the way people interact with each other it's like I, I just think that's such an interesting 
thing yeah, to like think about. That write about like real stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to be something like, it's just like, oh, your fight with your mom or something right. like that, you know, just something ordinary because we all experience that. And, you know, Ann Tyler's an author that's, in, she's not oh, a yeah. short story writer, mm-hmm. but she's an, a writer that I feel like I've read the most in my life. And, and I thought I wrote more similar to her, but I just read her new book and I was like, mm, I guess I don't. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, do you feel like the, I heard you earlier talking about that you do have experience writing essays mm-hmm. and I've, I've been, I've written some essays and I think the art of the essay is a really interesting thing because it's usually a little more like, I mean, it's usually a little less fictional. And so it's mm-hmm. a little more like leaning towards the realm of logic and like maybe sort of a philosophical concept that's very straightforward and not necessarily hidden in character. Do, do you think that seems like a good definition of what an essay is? Yeah, yeah. But I also like to do like create, I like to make my essays creative. That's why I would call them more like, you know, I don't know if you say creative nonfiction or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. when you do the essays, because I like to be kind of playful when I do them. Like I wrote a couple essays for the Huffington Post about going to Paris and it was cool. called like an American writer in Paris. And then, but the writer never gets anything done and just goes <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and does everything fun. Okay, Paris, you win, you know? So, yeah. and then I, I went again and I did one called an American writer in Paris part and again she's seduced by Paris so I like you know I just try to make it like kind of tongue-in-cheek and kind of funny like oh my god Paris you know you're not going to get to me this time but of course Paris always wins yeah yeah always Paris is going to win forever (laughs) I know I have to write an essay now about how I wrote how I got my book published and I I'm just struggling with oh my god how am I going to make this fun and interesting and and whatever so yeah you just be really honest people probably will like be fascinated by that yeah exactly do you write so do you write a lot of essays or no uh I do sometimes I usually write I have a lot of essay ideas but I always am focused more on books and mm-hmm. so I'll get really into the process of creating a book and then my essay concepts will just sort of sit there and I'll write them, but I won't do anything with them. I'll share them with my friends. You know, I've written a lot of essays in the last year or so for my is my response to this crazy political climate that we're in. Mm-hmm. And the essay just feels like the best kind of outlet for me for that. Um, so that that's interesting. I'm probably at the end of all of this let's hope it ends soon i will have a lot of essays and like maybe a collection or something yeah that would be cool i actually had a friend that just published a collection of essays yeah yeah and i also just started um a zine subscription project i i've been writing zines ever since i was young and i i didn't do it for a long time and then i just got inspired to i was like how can i kind of you know, get myself going with this writing, but like make a little bit of money because I wanted to make a book of essays called If You Really Want to Know Me Mm. and have kind of just like all of these essays that express, you know, this is really who I am. So if you pick up this book, you'll read all these essays and you'll really know who I am. And I have started that project and I sent the last one out like two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because at the end of it, I'm going to have like six full essays and then I can just write six more and I'll have a book (laughs) yeah I like to give myself little tasks like that that are maybe not necessarily like you know 
the form of whatever that looks like is all over the place. Like the zine is, a, you know, it's not just an essay. It's also a bunch of poems. And I thought, you know, at the end, this putting all this together will be really beautiful. God, that's a good, you've got a lot of great ideas. Oh, it's too many, too many <laughs> great ideas. My, my like bulletin board above my desk is just idea after idea. And I have to really prioritize them. I just kind of like took a bunch of them down so I could focus. I was like, this is just too many ideas, but they'll last me a lifetime. So it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good problem to have. It is. It is a good problem to have. That's probably why I can write so fast though, because my brain is just overflowing with ideas. So when someone says, can you write a, a poem about, you know, Chick-fil-A. unless, yeah, <laughs> unless it's Chick-fil-A or their dog, right. I'm like, if please just anyone listening, no more pet poems. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Oh, it's just too much. I'm like, I cannot be required to write another pet poem (laughs) oh my god I bet you get a lot of those like can you write about my cat yeah well you did you um you said that you're writing this essay about getting your book published and someone did someone ask you to write yeah yeah I had I've I've been submitting a new story around that kind of trying to save for a contest submission because I think it's a really good story. Mm-hmm. So this place in the UK said, hey, our readers are, you're a really good writer. We would love to know, how, you know, do you want to write something about your book? And I thought, oh, well, yeah, that would be cool. And I said, well, what about how I got the book published without an agent? Because yeah. I think that's kind of something that not a lot of people do. Some people do it, some people don't. So I thought that would be interesting to people that you don't necessarily have to have an agent to get your book published, but it does take a lot of work. Yeah, people ask me that all the time, you know, that that question. You know, I'll get people writing me and being like, how did you get your book published? And my answer is, you know, I've worked really hard in the city of Los Angeles and I have connected with many people through my work because my work is really public and Uh that has allowed me to create a lot of, you know, actual friendships that have led me to the, you know, to the desk of Rare Bird. And then I was like, oh, this is perfect. These people are doing something really interesting. They're going to make a beautiful book for me. And they are open and willing to, you know, expand into the world of poetry because now is a really good time to do that. So I just, I think the idea of getting published without an agent is like, well, who do you know? And what have you right. done? And yeah, like you said, like, gotta get yourself out there. So how, yeah. how, what have you applied for? And where have you put yourself? You know, you can't just, no. and I, I think it's hard to be in this, this day and age, it doesn't seem to me like it's possible for someone to just be the old lonely writer out in the mountains and they send in their manuscript in the mail and someone reads it and is just like, this is brilliant. I mean, that might happen one out of a million, but I don't, that's not really the way of it anymore. It's usually like, what did you do? How did you make yourself, you know, known? Where did you make yourself visible? Where did you put your work? What kind yeah. of effort did you put in? And then also like, what kind of person are you? Can you connect with people? Are you like communicating and talking to people on a regular basis? Or Yeah, I mean, I blindly solicited publishers via email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't know my publisher, but uh, the story I wrote about Montauk, the publisher goes to Montauk. So that story spoke to him. Oh, cool. When mm-hmm. I blindly solicited him. But, you know, like, night, you know, everybody else I wrote to either didn't write me back or said no and I just yep. was like I don't care it's like throwing spaghetti against the wall like what what uh, what what does it matter if I get a no 
who cares? So that yeah. was kind of my philosophy. And you just keep to, going. Yeah. And to be honest, when it happened, I was really shocked. I was like, this yeah. works? What? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's such a great testament that you were even shocked, but you kept doing it. You put the effort in. I was. And when I got the acceptance, I was like, oh, another, another rejection. I was like ready to delete it. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Cause you know, it's so much as all writers know, it's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of no, 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 no. You can't do this. And you yep. just have to just kind have of to keep doing it. You just have to keep doing it. If you know, you know, if you know in your heart that's what you're supposed to do, then you should do it and not listen to anybody else. Yeah. And do you have like a writing practice? Do you write every day? Do you know, what does your practice look like? I wish I could. I'm a television producer. So I make my living as a TV producer, which it takes a lot of energy. It requires so much energy. Yeah, so much energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wish I could do it. I, I try to write once a week if I can. It takes me probably four to five months to write a short story. Um, you know, I would love to move into something more where I can have more time to write because my TV job is taking up so much of my time. Yeah. And my brain space. Um, totally. So I would love to, you know, I'm doing everything in my power to, to promote this book and get it out there and get people to know about me to hopefully be a full-time writer soon. So that's my goal. I love that. That's a great goal. Yeah. 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 And, and you know what? You inspire me because you do it. Oh, yeah. But I have a, I relate deeply to, you know, my work with Poem Store takes away from my work with my books. And like, I like, just like you would rather just be home and writing so I'm trying to transition into you know a different part of my career also mm -hmm. after nearly nearly 10 years of this I'm sort of like okay what does this look like in a sustainable way because this is not sustainable like this is a young person's thing that I'm doing I don't want to like be 40 years old and I'm not nearly 40 but I don't want to be 40 I'm, I'm only 33 and I'm already mm -hmm. like I don't want to be 40 years old and working at parties right you know like I don't I already don't really you know want to work at parties but I'm happy to get this practice out into the world no matter what because I mean for me all of my writing has like a very strong purpose behind it which is that I I'm in service to the earth and I care about the earth so deeply that I think you know anything I can do to try to nurture people and try to get them to understand themselves more and I, I always say this you know just to try to treat people better and and inspire them to like look and see the beauty around them then that, that can only help my case of you know preserving the planet well that's very inspiring Oh, yeah. I think purpose is everything. And I feel really, really, really lucky that I have this purpose. I've had it for, you know, I, for as long as I can remember, I've been in love with the earth. And so I, I think like helping people find their own purpose, you know, like whatever it is that I'm doing at these parties is that's what I'm doing. People are leaving with these poems and they're like that much more in tune with themselves or that much more connected to an emotion that they were really kind of afraid of, or they're that much more connected to something that they are celebrating. And then that opens them up more or, you know, and I'm like, well, however I can do that work. And now I'm just sort of like, okay, but the sustainable method is how can I do that work for even more people? And right. that looks that I can see how that will progress. And I'm trying really hard to kind of, you know, follow my own instinct with that and be like, okay, so I need to be speaking to larger groups of people and writing for larger groups of people and trying to like nurture that and fabricate the next phase. And I think that's kind of like an important thing to remember because a lot of times people are like, wow, you know, 
you've created your own job. And I'm like, yeah, but that means I have to keep creating it. Like I have right. to keep making it right. up. And like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I'm just totally making it up as I go along. So that takes a different kind of energy. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's amazing, you know, that you, you've been able to, you know, make a career out of it. You know, that's very, it's very difficult, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's inspiring. That, yeah. It's very special. I mean, how many people can say that they go to parties and write poems for people? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. And it does extend itself into a lot of other venues. You know, like I get to do a lot of education stuff. And I think like, you know, remembering your, your power as a writer is like, yeah, you have this talent to tell a story, but you also have this ability to like expose people to a process and to a way of being and a way of thinking and a way of kind of interacting with the world. And I think that that can be really illuminating and any writer or artist in general has the ability to kind of remind people of that thing that lives inside of them. And like, you know, that someone can read your book and listen to you read. And it's not just that your stories are good. It's that you're choosing to tell them. Mm-hmm. And so that like that choice that you're making and that devotion that I can even hear in your voice to like try to change, you know, what you're doing. I think that that's really that kind of inspiration is what really actually like gets people out of their seats and gets people or gets people with their to their pen on their paper, or, you know, whatever it is. And I, I think that's like the role of the artist is it's really it's it is actually an activism and it it always is like no matter if you think about that or not you know you are being an activist every time you read your book to someone or share your work because you're kind of giving them this key to their own you know inspiration and that will look infinitely different for every person yeah one you're also giving them your heart you know when you write it's like it's who you are you know, deep, kind of deep down. That's what I always feel like. And then, and then when I write too, I I always want to make people feel something, you know, Mm -hmm. whether, whether it's funny or sad or whatever, I just, and, and I really like to have kind of a sense of honesty, you know? Oh yeah. 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 Well you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do. You succeeded in all those things. Cause I, I read your book and thought, okay, I, I can really feel who you are in a way and also like you know I can kind of put on this lens that you carry and also just you know tapping into these emotions that are I just love how expansive the perspectives are because it just really is a testament to humanity and how like connected we all are no matter how different we are exactly thank you for listening to the rare bird podcast